I think so. I don't He'll know slowly how drift, much remember? I, yeah, I know he does, and it's annoying. What? Uh, that what or his do? camera drifts. His oh, camera, camera slowly drifts. drifts. Yeah. My, grand, yeah. my camera drifts because it's it's not like it's just a webcam that's on it's the all. monitor and it just slides. Great back Geek to radio, the podcast, Tokyo Drift. All, if you want, good. I can stand instead. If I stand, hold on. This is where I, I stand instead. Is this preferred? That that does look better in frame. Okay. Uh, let's do it. But yeah, I mean I'm I'm, I'm right standing. I'm I'm a stander. I'm I'm hundred percent disabled and I'm standing jammer. I don't that do a lie. <laughs> I, makes me feel nothing. I'm I'm I run in barefoot shoes now, Kyle. I don't deal with padding. Those are a thing again? <laughs> they're, they're not like not Those are jammers shoes. only thing. They're not they're, the finger they're, shoes. Okay, they're not that one. Okay. No, they're just they're just toe shoes. super thin, super thin. No, they're not they're not toe shoes, that's what I was saying. But, yeah. but there's no such thing as finger shoes cuz toes are I knew fingers. what he I knew what he meant. <laughs> that's true. I was getting some really semantics. Can uh, you you guys ready to get started cuz I'm I'm yeah. excited to hear after the screen 6 uh uh review just how right Kyle always is. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Breaking Geek Radio, the podcast, the flagship, international, and premier podcast of LRMOnline.com and the Genreverse Podcast Network. I am one of your hosts, Joseph Jammer Medina, joined by my illustrious sidekick, Nick Dahlman. Hello, I'm the sidekick, Nick Dahlman. Nick Dahlman. And today we got a uh, a lot of great stuff for you to talk today. Nick is going to be talking about Scream 6 exclusively. And then we have a lot of other Disney slash Warner Brothers woes or Warner Brothers wins to discuss Woo! regarding Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings. But first things first, Nick. Wait, what? hold on. Let's talk, about, let's talk about the movie that you were like, oh, we have to talk about this. We have to talk about scream so you saw scream no i didn't make i it. did not see scream i didn't make it oh none of us seen scream no scream. i made it that's interesting you did you Obviously had to show tickets it. yeah <laughs> i, was, I, was I like, could have canceled it playing out of spite. for the audience at first i'm like Ooh. i could have canceled it out of spite out of spite i thought about saying like hey i i didn't make it because i got off work late and there were maybe two other showings but i didn't bother going to see those anyway so <laughs> anyway but yeah scream six came out and you know it's it's it is the latest in the franchise that is both comedic, thrilling, and horrific all at the same time, and relatively well received by critics and fans alike for the most part. I think there's literally one exception in the franchise, and that is Scream Three. Everything else, I believe, has been fairly uh, like everyone's liked on some level, and me personally. It is a franchise I saw the first three for and then stopped caring about. Not just because three sucked, but also because I don't like slasher movies that much. I don't like slasher movies. Horror movies are good, are okay. Like if I get a good horror movie, I can be on board with it. But I just, I don't really, really like movies where people just get picked off one by one. It's usually not my thing. And so that's kind of the perspective that I'm coming from. It's like when we said, when I saw Cocaine Bear and I was like, oh yeah, this is the experience that I'm going to be getting with Cocaine Bear. And I went to the theater. I'm like, that's exactly the experience that I got. Didn't make me like it much more. It's just not for me. I kind of was expecting that with Scream 6. But before we get into my opinions, Nick, as someone who adores the franchise so mm -hmm. much Except that he made three. the rest of the podcast watch 
the first one again in an episode, only not to show up on that episode. Can you tell me what you thought of Scream 6? Yes. Here, give, okay. me your give me your Twitter review. Your, your Twitter review of the sixth installment. Like another 90s starting franchise, Mission Impossible, Scream has had its sag, but it's a it's a franchise that keeps I see one and I keep thinking like what could they possibly do next and then they do something worthwhile and entertaining. Okay. Boom. So for me, I would say in spite of not liking the slasher genre, Scream 6 is still a whole lot of fun to watch. Solid filmmaking, solid performances. An okay script, but enough fun surprises to keep me interested along the way. So I think fans of the franchise will probably be pleased with this. So that's my initial review. But I know all of you want to hear us talk more letter grades about the spoilers. But before then we do that, spoilers. letter grades. Nick, what is your letter grade? B plus. I give it a B minus. But you could probably take off... Uh, you could probably chalk up about like a one segment of a grade to me maybe not being into slashers that much. Like people go like, oh, they're creative deaths. I'm like, I don't care about creative deaths. In fact, I could do without the creative deaths. You could literally just have a still that says this person dies and then I move on and I feel like mm -hmm. I would like that more. I just don't like to see that stuff that much. But, you know, this thing has got a 93 audience score. On uh, yeah, I, Rotten okay. Tomatoes right now, audience from, was went, seventy-nine for from uh, from critics. Audience went so, yeah, crazy like, at my nearly sold-out screening. At they did not go crazy on my screening. Admittedly, and this is sad, sad. Literally, I I pick smaller showings partially for the reason because I don't want to be in a theater shooting. I am saying that one hundred percent unironically, and I'm just like, if I go to the smaller showing, no one else will be there. So stupid, but. That's where we live now. That's what it is. So, um, or Honestly, you know, especially in Scream, a staff. While watching Scream, I'm like, like how know. come no one's That's imitated happened. Scream yet? No, okay, Nick, don't put that out about. there. Don't put that out there, Nick. It's not putting it out there. That's yes, just I have similar yeah, thoughts to you sitting in a sold out, out movie there. theater. Legitimately putting it's it out there. there. That's what the mm -hmm. movies are about. That's true. Um, okay, so your letter grade is a B plus. Mine's a B minus. Let's go ahead and jump into spoilers for Scream 6. First things first, I have questions for you. I was going to ask, do you know anything about, like, did, did you show up in time for the previously on 4 no, and 5? No, I did they didn't not. Even do, they didn't even do the first three, because this is basically, it's a sequel to the requel, which is really interesting. Now that we're fully in spoilers, and this might help you a little bit, um, it actually has the same killer style as the second one where the killer is the parents of one of the killers of the first movie. Which oh, they did I don't, in remember, I don't remember the second one doing that. I just remember the second one. Well, I thought that was kind of good. funny, especially when they're like, that one character loves to try to figure out who it was because she was... Anyway, your questions, because you haven't seen Scream 4 yeah. or... Yeah, so my questions five. are, uh, I noticed partway through the movie, the main character played by the girl from In the Heights, whose name escapes me, she started seeing visions of what I think was Billy from the first one. Mm -hmm. Is that correct? And he seemed to imply that she was a killer. Please explain. Well, he starts showing up to her in the first movie 
when she goes you back. You mean the oh. fifth movie? Yeah, the fifth movie. The first, the first, the requel. I know. I'm just making sure it's clear because we're also going getting beginning of a new trilogy from the fourth one. Yeah. No, the beginning of the uh, new trilogy. There's a fifth. That's that's the fourth one, right? Or well, I guess that's, the, that's why I was like, do people like Scream Four? When you were saying that, because Scream Four was supposed to be a new trilogy and it flopped. So well, maybe people, maybe people liked it. You, people can like it after it flops. Yeah. Um, but I anyway, remember being so mediocre, but I rewatched no, it. But um, don't get off course. I asked a question. I want an answer. Well, she finds out in the first one she's a love child of Billy Loomis, or the fifth one. Um, and who? I was her dad and her actual mom, and then Jenna and Ortega. We never meet the mom. Oh, okay. Um, and then she so she starts seeing him, and at the end, uh, Huey from uh, well, you don't watch the the you, you know Huey? no he also the Huey from the boys. Uh, oh. Jack Quaid, who you see on the phone and stuff, is the killer. She's one of the killers, but instead Hold of like on. the typical... Hold on. No. What? Oh, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Instead no, I don't of... know what you're talking about. Who's Jack Quaid from what? It's from like the boys and a bunch of other stuff. But anyway. Oh, okay. You know, the the dad of... His... We see his face in this one on the phone and his dad. Is... But the point is, I got a little off topic. Uh, it's typical Scream movie, you shoot someone. And then you have to like double tap him in the head because they always come back. She stabs him like 39 times and then slowly slits his throat like a serial killer. She doesn't just like kill him. Got it. <laughs> kind of like what she ends up doing in this one. When they're like, oh, we can just let him live. And then her sister's like, yeah, but he hurt our family. <laughs> right. Other questions I have. Okay. So it, it was very much hinted at. So you have those, the other siblings who were also in the last one, I'm assuming, based on the core four dynamic that they had going yeah, on there. Yeah, core four. Um, so those two are back. We also... Let's see Kirby? Those two... Hmm? Oh, those you, two. You, you can't just say a name. I have to know who you it is because I don't know names very well. Hayden, the f- oh, FBI her, agent. She's Hayden, from the fourth Hayden. one. She's yeah. from the fourth one. Uh, no, no, but I'm talking about... So the core four there, they survived. There were a lot of people who died. Um, God, I forgot my question. Damn it. Oh, well. So here's my next question. Did you like Hayden Panettiere's character or did she seem totally like she was in a completely different movie? She was fine. I didn't really think of it too much. I felt like she was acting weird the whole time. Like she was putting on a show. It almost felt like she was in a Disney Channel original movie. It was weird. Yeah, you're right. Especially after just watching Scream 4 the night before. Did she act like that? No, she doesn't. That's why okay. I'm saying, especially after watching Scream for the night before, it, it does felt weird. But I thought that was kind of part of the misdirection. Okay. When they would reveal that, when they fake reveal that she is the killer, you're like, I knew it. Yeah, yeah. It was. It, I had so I have a. I think the movie itself is pretty good. Its filmmaking is really good. How they you know portray the killers. I think they had a lot of good fun twists and turns, but. There are a couple parts that felt disingenuous to me. For example, as it's revealed, it's not only the father of the previous killer, but it's also the siblings, one, uh, both of whom are roommates, one of whom is a roommate of the main character and one of whom is the roommate of Chad, the other, the one of the siblings, mm-hmm. right? And sorry if this is spoiling for you, Kyle. I don't know if you saw this movie. I really He would have gotten off the headphones if he, if he cared. <laughs> Okay, um, so they were the roommates. So it's 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 a trio of killers, and it's funny. And all the badass first time, 
all the moments that I feel like it's it was like a really badass version of the ghost face killer. I just imagine it was the dad because he's the only one who seemed to have like actual physical capable prowess compared to the other two who are like really like lanky. Yeah. And he seems well, like that's he always the like... thing in the franchise, too, where it's like the same. I think the same actor always plays Ghostface. Not that it really matters, but like it's always like the the physicalness of a man. And then it's like there's a little girl as one of the killers in this and the fifth one. And you're like, what? That's not well, like, that's a, the thing like for a this one. When five foot like, girl. <laughs> yeah. When they were saying that Hayden Panettiere was the killer, I'm like, but she's tiny. And the Ghostface killers were huge. All of them were tall. And it made sense. All of, them, it <laughs> all of them were tall, though, in this one. Like they all even the, the, the yeah. girl character, she was tall, too. So it was like it was totally I bought on that front. What I did not buy is some of the twists because they felt disingenuous. For example, that fake reveal was the the cop saying, oh, she's not in the FBI. She was discharged months ago. She's on. And I was like, why end. didn't they know that earlier? <laughs> no, no. Let me let me oh, okay. go back. But it, it was also the moment where he. When no one else was there looking at camera, he says to the other cop, give me all the intel on this girl here. Why would he be doing that? That makes no was, sense. That part made sense to me because she was Why? attached to the first one. And I don't know. I would have been suspicious, too, of her being the cop. But, but you're the killer. Oh, but you're the killer in that instance. True. Yeah, so that doesn't that's make any super, sense. That's, uh, that's, you know, for the audience, super Yeah, easy, exactly. There was, there was a lot of those. And there was another one where Pugsley from She-Hulk, who I think that is, um, he was the the boyfriend across that's the That's where I recognized him from. Yeah, yeah, that is him. I'm like, where the hell do I know this guy from? He, the, the way he talks is very specific, where he kind of talks like this. Like, it's really weird. And um, anyways, that moment where he was <laughs> seeing the killer kill the roommate and taking photos of it, in retrospect, he was watching essentially someone put on an act. But when they threw her through the wind or through the door, she had her throat slit, which, you know, could be makeup. But she he wouldn't have seen her like killing. He would have seen them putting on fucking prosthetics in order to make it believable that she was killed. So it's also moments like that where like that doesn't quite make sense because he's supposed to be witnessing a murder, not a makeup session. Or even if he like did it quickly and just made it look violent, it's I don't buy it. It's weird. And it's another for the audience moments. And that between that and I think the the number of fake out deaths, there are a lot of stabbings. Not, surprisingly, not a lot of deaths, not a lot of important deaths. We have one, we have two murders in the intro. And I think only one character of consequence actually dies. And that was a throwaway character. Uh, I'm talking about I the girlfriend. I did love that twist. The what very, twist? very beginning. Or it's oh, like, yeah. We're going to show you ghost face fate, like who it is immediately. Yeah, I like, thought oh, that was really be fun cool. to play with. But it was, yeah, it wouldn't have worked for him, the like, franchise. But it could have. Wouldn't that be cool to see it from a. Here's the thing. I don't know if it's Flash Thompson or his brother, because I know they look a lot oh, alike. <laughs> he has, I think he has a sibling who looks almost exactly the same. And I'm always like, are they the same? Like, are how much do they look alike? I'm gonna look this up really quick. But um, but yeah, that was a really cool twist because, yeah, I was like, are we following the whole movie like this, or is just the intro of him getting killed? Like, how yeah. much is he gonna be involved in it? Ultimately, he ended up dying in the opening, like the the grand opening or whatever. But um, it was still cool to see, and it was like, oh, this this the mystery thickens. Why is this Ghostface killer killing him? I thought it was a really cool intro. Especially where there's like for a while you're like she even asked the questions is like are you saving at me 
And he's like, no, only so I can kill you myself, you dumb bitch. You know, whatever. I don't, I don't think he said that. <laughs> no, I think that's a joke from Scary Movie. I, yeah, scream. I was about to say, you're doing the Scary Movie <laughs> yeah. voice, not the actual <laughs> voice yeah. of, of Ghostface here. Holy um, crap, Jammer, you're not lying. I'm sharing that with the, uh, the audience. The brother, Mario uh, Quinones Jr. and Tony uh, Revel. Lori, the Revoli, MCU, or something. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, yeah, the MCU's Flash Thompson. Yeah, they're if if you cut their hair alike, kept their facial hair. Yeah, that's like twins. That's crazy. I think it's crazy. I think it's the brother then because their voice is slightly different. Is it? Hold on, I'm gonna look it up right now. Just because the voice is different. Yeah, they get to play the, variants. Oh, which of each one's other. in the mo- movie? Damn, yeah, I should look. I'm looking it up right now. He's I, just looking looking it up. I was just looking up how how similar it's, they. It's Tony Revolori. <laughs> so it is Tony, Flash Thompson or not? It is. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I'm always I'm always unsure every single time I see them is yeah, is this is this him or is it not him? I'm never confident and I never look it up. So, yeah, I got to take a look at that later. Um, but yeah, I think uh they had a funny moment in this movie as well where she put Ghostface on hold. I thought that was really funny. Oh like, yeah, he's, Carl, he's like, uh, "Wait, what?" Gail Weathers. I keep wanting to call her Carl Weathers. <laughs> I don't know. It's cuz I've been watching Mando. <laughs> What was your favorite moment in this movie? Hmm. Uh, I'll tell you. I, oh, thank I you. really like that. I appreciate you're uh, going to tell me. <laughs> I just really enjoyed that. My second favorite Mission Impossible actor was in this movie. Most people didn't even notice. Who's that? The, the guy who plays Kittredge in the first Isn't one, it's... who was finally coming back in the new one, the only surviving character from the first movie, except for Luther. Is uh, you have to. You have to. You're using a lot of names. Okay, there, there you go. There you go. That's I was how like, you... I recognize this dude, and that was one. I don't know the face kills. I'm not into gore and stuff either, or even the slasher franchise. I just enjoy scream movies because they're clever. Um, so I like that was fun kill, and then I guess my favorite part of the movie overall, the ending was really cool, and all the mythology of like, because the last movie, um, was about like toxic fandom. That's why they did the killings in the last movies are like they don't like there's a joke where ryan johnson directed the eighth one and it's fucking terrible so they're like because they're like the knives out guy directed it it was like bullshit but um so they they did in this last movie they do the killings because they need new source material for more movies because the fans are always right and the filmmakers have no idea what the fans want from the stab franchise so i like they kind of brought this into this one a little bit but i like liked even more the similar message of like and it was kind of too obvious in a way where it's like we were the ones who ruined your life with rumors like no one else started that we did that and then we went to kill you with the people thinking that she was behind it uh the main mm-hmm. character whose name escapes me too um but i like the idea it's where it's like yeah just one lie and samantha, everyone believes right? it there's yeah samantha, samantha sam samantha but yeah it's like with the whole idea where it's like i mean it's in our time it's present I mean, it's early in the morning. Sorry, it's works with our times. The idea of like, yeah, you spread one lie in the air and it, enough people believe it, and that's it. One thing I do wish is I wish that somebody commented on the fact that of how many landlines Gail has. Like everyone else has a cell phone, and she just has like landlines all around her house. And I'm just like, get that shit out of here. I mean, it makes sense because of her age. So she's my older, parents so still she have to have landlines. <laughs> yeah. My parents don't have landlines anymore, which is crazy. But I know and for the longest time, they're like, why don't you have yeah. a landline? It's like, we don't have a landline because we don't need it. 
Landlines are useless. And uh, obviously Ghostface called the landline landline intentionally because that's right. And just an old school thing, even though it's always a different person. But they're always like, I, and I also liked in that part where it's like, I've never called you before. You're like, oh shit, she's never been on the phone with Ghostface for like five movies. But oh, yeah, it's funny because I never I was wondering if that was supposed to mean that this is somebody from the past or if he just knows that this call was she never spoke to Ghostface on the phone. Everyone knows the stories. <laughs> Everyone. Knows, I, yeah. Once again, who knows how much of the that is reflected in the movies, the stab movies specifically, um, how much is mythologized versus made up that take as gospel, etc. What one thing I, I also didn't like. So I want to go back to one thing. How did you feel about the number of fake out deaths? So let's count the number of fake out deaths. We had the guy who plays Chad. He who got stabbed last man. time too. It, it, he got stabbed like a lot of times. They were going. I thought his was stabbed. And like I said, he was a fake out death in the last movie too. Okay. So he's a fake out death there. And then we have Hayden Panettiere. Was she a fake out death? Do you consider? Or it's one of those things where you get stabbed enough. You should be dead. Let's go with that. So Hayden Panettiere. She got shot. Uh, Chad. She got shot. Oh, yeah, she got shot. We didn't see that. Yeah. And she got stabbed, too. Remember? She says, sorry, I have to take this. And she takes the knife out from under her. From Oh, yeah. Her, from in her. Um, I don't think funny. Mindy was a fake out death because Mindy. Mindy was an obvious guy. But um, and they were told us about Gail. She had Mindy. a little heartbeat. They never mentioned. Yeah, they did. They said, she's, she's, did they? they said she's pulling through. Okay. And she definitely shouldn't. She definitely should have died. I thought um, so too, but they did their legacy kill in the last one. Who, oh yeah. Dewey. Dewey got gutted in the last, like the way we were like, yeah, cause he's been a fake out kill in at least two other movies. Mm-hmm. But. So yeah, there was like at least three fake out kills and I'm like, I get it on some level, but if your stakes are deaths, I feel like you just shouldn't go the fake out kill death, the fake out kill. You should do something else. So that kind of annoyed me, even though I also kind of liked it because I like the dynamic that the quad quad, the quartet, I guess has. And um, even though core four, the two that siblings, what they call themselves? core four, <laughs> even though the two siblings, I feel like are shallow characters. I couldn't tell you one thing about them other than he's muscly. She knows movies. That's it. It's the only thing I can know about those two. I think, Sam and Tara are interesting characters. I think they're strong and they they work, but everything else around them is really kind of flat. It's not I wouldn't say it's a huge critique because I think it works given the the content of the show and it kind of helps me mentally desensitize myself towards potential deaths, but you know, if that's just kind of how I feel about it. Um did you have any critiques about the movie in any way? Um, Why not an A why not an A plus? Why not the Nick Doll A plus seal of approval? Well, I can't remember what I gave the last one, and it's not as good as the last one. So the last one was probably an A. So that's why I gave this one a B plus because I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, mm-hmm. Faults and all. You're never going to a screen movie being like, this is going to be perfect. No. In fact, until the reviews came out, I was terrified that it would be. Even when they announced it, I'm like, well, this one's going to be shitty because they had nothing else to say. But I'll go. I'll be seeing it. Um. They're, they're not super into who the villains were, who the ghost face ended up being. It's like, it's okay. But like I said, it's been done in two. Billy Loomis's mother was the killer in number two. And this one, it's uh, Richie. Is that the character's name? The, his dad and his siblings. Richie's dad and siblings. It's dad. just also interesting that they all go from probably regular people to all being really murdery. 
but I mean, they've I, always been murder. You never know who's a killer around you, Nick. You never but know like Sam has dead. it in her blood, and they've kind of played up the Dexter thing in this one, where it's like, oh no, is she like damaged goods? Is she gonna like? I mean, she we... does kill him. She's killed yeah, twice, but obviously in self defense, mostly. Always in self, yeah. But yeah, I still enjoyed it a lot. Um, I agree about the fake out kills, but I think if you're gonna, if I think the intention is to do a trilogy, and it's certainly made a lot of, enough money, you kind of. Keeping the core four is kind of like the way they kept the core three for like up until five movies. Yeah. Or yeah, they got new friends and they died or even friend. I think Jamie Kennedy survives the first and then gets killed in the second. So and in case you didn't mention, you didn't notice that they're actually Jamie Kennedy's uh, niece, niece and nephew, I think. The 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 siblings, the brother and sister. Oh, they like okay. say like our dad was killed in a park, like in broad daylight. Because yeah, they're all con- the, the big deal. of The fifth movie is it's like everyone's con- like, or at least someone has to be connected to the original thing. So you have Billy Loomis's kid, and then the niece and nephew of Jamie Kennedy. But oh, overall, very enjoyable. Um, I think it especially works better more than Jammer really pointed out. If you seen five at least because this is a very direct sequel to five i mean i think it works overall because i was never really confused that much. okay that's like, good it was that's i had I was questions but i never i was never like what's happening like i got it like it it stood alone fairly well like you could almost it almost stands alone completely because with the exception of the billy flat uh, the billy vision yeah I think you can piece together everything else and just kind of assume like a normal movie going in where it's like, oh, I wonder what happened in her past da, 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 and how it gets yeah. kind of revealed throughout. I I don't think it's oh, okay. I don't think it's a big problem. So if you haven't seen the other ones, yeah, you'll miss some of those little like, I guess, Easter eggs. And there might be a moment where you have questions, but it's never like you never don't know what's happening. At least I didn't. I never knew, not knew. I never and know. I'm impressed that you enjoyed it that much because I was afraid you were going to get on here and hate it. <laughs> No, no, I, I try not to. I try to go in as much as I can with like objective. I know it's impossible to do that, um, as I proved with Cocaine Bear. But like, <laughs> I think it's I just thought this would be a... Cocaine Bear again. <laughs> no, I this is way less vicious to me than Cocaine Bear. Um, I don't know why Cocaine Bear was more horrifying to me than this is easily. Um, but yeah, I thought this was, I think this is also a better. I think probably a better movie than cocaine bear uh it just had better characters it was just more felt more connected and um my question is where do you see the sequel going if at all anywhere because obviously a sequel is happening i have no idea just because same with last time after the fifth one i'm like they have nothing left to say or no, nothing new to do and then they change the setting and they that's less meta than the past ones but it's still funny where it's like, oh, now we're in a franchise like where the legacy characters don't matter and they spoil a bunch of requels if you haven't seen them. <laughs> but um, I don't know. I don't know where they go next. I assume you stay in New York because that was, I think, the most interesting change was it's the only time it's not in a small town. Scream on a farm. Scream in space. Scream in space. Scream no. X. 
Yeah, exactly. They are just like New York. Jason Switch, X. They, the they freeze. Go- so it doesn't make sense I because mean, you space, can't scream one ghost face. Space tourism is an actual thing now. So oh. it's not it's not it's not that that far off to just be like, oh, this is, you know, 2035 and it's happening on the first uh, uh, orbital hotel. You have someone who's just like, I want to be the first person to be a serial killer in space. And then a part of it Gotta at one elevate point, the franchise. <laughs> and a part of it is also he wants to be revealed and wants to be killed. So like he goes through a lot of stuff and then is just like, yes, it was me. Make me immortal. Immortalize me. That's what most of them want. <laughs> yeah. But um, no, but then I don't think that'll work because in space, nobody can hear you scream. Oh, my God. Get seven. out of here. All right, on that note, <laughs> I think we're done. Do you have any final things to say about Scream 6? Super enjoyed it. <laughs> Super enjoyed it. I think I did as well. So let's go ahead and jump into uh, the illustrious news articles of the day or the big news pieces that hit. A lot of it is some is some big studio business, big studio franchise business. As you know, uh, over the course of the past several years lucasfilm has announced 187 star wars movies <laughs> and as it turns out uh basically none of them are actually working out at this time uh before this news article hit i think there was four currently in development you had one from kevin feige you had one from patty jenkins you had one from taiko waititi and then you had one from uh oh my god was it lindelof is that right mm-hmm. yeah and they still David mentioned lindelof. the ryan johnson ones in the article as yeah, far as so the ones that uh, nebulously i'm exist. sorry i i love ryan johnson i think he made the best star wars movie since the empire strikes back but there's no way he's doing another Star Wars movie. And I feel like you have to be a fool of a studio head to allow that to happen because the the fan base will literally shit itself and spread it all over the interior of the Millennium Falcon if they were to let him direct <laughs> or even produce or be tangentially attached with another Star Wars movies. Um, so anyways, bad news or maybe good news, depending on your perspective it sounds like, and then there were two. According to a new report from uh, Variety, it's done-ish. We have uh, these two movies, the one from Kevin Feige and the one from Patty Jenkins are no longer happening. So okay this... It, well, yeah. So basically they just learned that Kevin Feige is no longer in active development and Patty Jenkins is no longer active development. Doesn't mean they won't happen. It just means they're currently not really doing anything with it. They, t- and they told this- Feige, your house is a mess. Get <laughs> over there, there and fix it before you even That's- think about playing in a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> Those, That's I mean, there's a couple, there's a couple of theories, you know, with regards to that, like that was never overtly said. But can certainly be the case because as of right now, as we all know, the general consensus with the Marvel Cinematic Universe's fourth phase, and I guess even the first movie in the fifth phase, which was Quantum Mania, is that, uh, yeah, it's, I wouldn't call it a train wreck, but it's definitely not beloved. It's definitely not great. It has its hits, has its misses. There's certainly a lack of quality control, or at least a perceived lack of quality control. There was a lack of quantity control. 
Boom. There's plenty of quantity. There's that's the, thing. That's the problem. There's too much, and yeah. you couldn't you couldn't fund it in in uh, uh, human capital, if you will, uh, labor workers uh, contracts and things like that, especially for visual effects, and you couldn't afford it uh, financially, as well the financial calls that you guys are going to talk about will talk talk about, and that goes back to what I said at the at the beginning. You oh, didn't connect that. Like, I you was didn't, right. You didn't connect that dot there. Then you just left me hanging with with a joke that took uh, thirty two minutes to pay off. <laughs> I, was, I thought the point was. So I didn't roll my eyes. Well, yeah, but no one else knew what you what was happening, and I realized, oh, this is not a good thing for me to bring up now. I'll bring it up later when it's relevant. <laughs> so, as Kyle put it in the chat thirty two minutes ago. About streaming and qual slash quan, I'm right about business shit. Good for you, Kyle. Good for you. You you what do they call you? Armchair quarterback. Thank you. Thank you. you. Thank you. Um, oh, I, so, I was talking about what he actually literally said that people could see. Or before right before he did the intro, he's like, I was right as always. And I'm like, fans of the show will know that Kyle is always right. Anyways, my point is Star Wars now two has two feature films in development. And the quote having to do with this comes from Feige. He said, Star Wars, we made three what we call saga films, which is obviously the successors to George Lucas's first six. Feige they did very this? well. I'm sorry, Iger, not right? Feige, Iger, sorry. Okay. Bob Iger, the, the head of Disney. They did very well at the box office, tremendously well, as a matter of fact. We made two so-called standalones on Ro in Rogue One and Solo. Rogue One did quite well. Solo was a little disappointing to us. It gave us pause to think maybe the cadence was a little too aggressive. And so we decided to pull back a bit. We are still developing Star Wars films. We're going to make sure that when we make one, it's the right one. So we're being very careful there. I uh, will say that I hate people um, on how like back in 2018 or whatever, 2019, we're like, there's too many Star Wars things. And now there's like, we haven't had Star Wars in two years. What's going on? It's like, there's no pleasing people. It just annoys the hell out of there's me. There's too many but Star Wars shows. There, too many it. Star Wars. Yeah, there's a lot of Star Wars shows. <laughs> but uh, I haven't even touched more than an episode of The Good One, which for escapes me. The it's Great Andor. One, Andor. Right, the, the Good One, Andor. Um, right. the good one Andor. no well i'm just saying that because anyways um <laughs> and i don't know i i think solo yes it was disappointing but it is weird to me that he's saying that that was the one that gave them pause because they had like 1700 other announcements between that and the next one i feel like so and who knows they weren't really all announcements i think some of them were leaks from like THR or Variety or something, just them exposing what's happening in the inner workings at at Lucasfilm. But I don't know. What do you think, Nick? Is this good for you? Are you happy that they slow down and that they're pulling back? Or are you disappointed? Do you think there is a way for them to effectively have Star Wars content on a more regular basis in theaters? I'm glad that they're pulling back. Absolutely. I don't feel like we need one every year. I don't feel like we need one every two years. And I don't want another trilogy. Just take your time, develop some good ones, um, even if they don't turn out to be fan favorites or actually good, because it's kind of hard to legitimately be like, we have a good movie. Because if, if that were the case, everyone would make good movies. But um, time will help with that. And Taika Waititi, I'm glad his is one of the ones 
not on the chopping block because like Marvel, I would say I would prefer to see less of it if it keeps it more magical of an experience to be able to see it. So this kind of transitions into Disney's overall plan. And oh, we've snap. seen it. We, we're currently seeing it with Marvel a bit with what comments have been made about or I'm not sure their comments as much as their reports about a changing strategy and pulling back specifically the number of TV shows that are being released each year on Disney Plus. And it, it also seems like Iger is is understanding that we can't just throw a bunch of content at the wall, a bunch of money at the wall and continue to take losses in the streaming service. Once again, Kyle was right. So here's what Iger had to say. I'm pleased that the support I'm getting from the content creators of the company, uh, Disney Plus, is significant and real. And it comes in the form of reducing the expense per content, whether it's TV series or film, where costs have been skyrocketed in a huge way and not supportable uh, in not a supportable way, in my opinion. They all agree to that. Understanding how much volume we need, reducing how much we make. So it's how much we spend and what we make and how much we make. Then he went on to say, and as we look to reduce the content that we're creating for our own platforms, there are probably opportunities to license third parties. For a while, for a while that was verboten or something we couldn't possibly do because we were so favoring our own streaming platforms. But if we get to a point where we need less content for those platforms and we still have the capability of producing that content, why not use it to grow revenue? And that's what we would like to do. So Make in short, money. what? It sounds like it's about it's about not just throwing money at things. It's about taking a step back confirming the quality of something before actually shooting forth with it. And who knows, that might ultimately mean you have maybe the same number of things in development, but ultimately move forward with fewer things after it's been sort of tested as you understand what's going to sell. Like, is this a good story? Does this have an audience? Uh, Will it sell well? Is it marketable? Like, those are very important questions. So, I mean, the downside of this is we're probably going to see a lot fewer niche things on disney plus like on jeremy NBA. renovations exactly yeah like a lot of <laughs> like those or i mean who knows uh, how reality shows are cheap man you can make <laughs> those true. those super cheap especially that since he's already skilled and but stuff maybe like fewer national a marvel treasure star in TV front of you <laughs> maybe national treasure tv show i don't know how that's doing but uh it's things like that i feel like like a scripted television that is original they're probably going to do a lot fewer of those, which is disappointing. But given what we've been happening, it makes sense. Uh, I don't know. Any thoughts on that, Nick? Not really. They're, they're learning like every other network is. Kind of like we discussed last week with um, Star Trek Discovery kind of getting the axe. We can go into the reasons as much, but because in the article for that one, it's like, well, Paramount's starting to realize that uh, you kind of have to watch your money when spending on streaming shows because Kyle was right. Yeah, I mean, you could put content out there and they may come. If you put it there and they will come, then, but still, even if they do, you probably should take a look at the numbers and think, oh, if, even if they all do, even if all, you know, $1.5 billion people in our potential market do arrive, is that going to pay for the budgets of these shows? It's exactly um, the same thing as the Star Wars conversation, where it's like, just, you don't have to put something out every week. I know it's expected of streaming, most streaming services now, but like, 
just just cool it, put out what's worth putting out, and let your backup library cover the rest. Do you worry that this is going to lead to even fewer risks that they're taking? For example, maybe something like Andor wouldn't happen in this environment. Yeah, I completely agree. And Kyle is agreeing off camera, just so the audience even, knows. Even Mandalorian Season 3 has a uh, much more cartoony feel than the previous two seasons. They had elements, but the entire first episode of Mando was like a, a live-action Clone Wars or Rebels cartoon, including the introduction of our uh, space plant pirate overlord, uh, Davy Broccoli. So <laughs> I like Davy Broccoli. Is that an actual character, Davy Broccoli? No, he looks like Davy Jones meets Swamp Jammer, Thing. They, they put... They 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 put space pirates of the Caribbean, long coats, leather stuff, lots and lots of belts and buckles, long curve handled pistols. They said a I mean, vast. I actually don't think there's anything Jammer, they wrong said with that. A, they said a vast in oh, Star okay. Wars. It's so I mean, knew I knew you would I knew you oh god I, I hate I'm not you. sure because here's the thing it sounds I stupid that, but feel like also, a Star Trek thing. but I mean Star Wars is is space pirates on some level like yes and we've we've had space pirates, pirates. hell Han, Han Solo was a space pirate yeah and they they they're, don't they're, they're not the space freaking it's a big Caribbean. galaxy Kyle oh my god. it's I knew a you big galaxy I fucking hate you <laughs> look I saw something the other day where they're like it was a picture of Andor and they're like oh the word shit is now canon in a Star Wars. And then last night on Picard, uh, he said fuck. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, Patrick Stewart knows that word? Anyway, it's, it's a big galaxy out there, Kyle. It did feel way more, um, soft topic. It did feel way more like Star Trek than Star Wars, just having space, literal space pirates. I still need like to watch Mandalorian. I haven't watched it because I, you know me, I've been, I feel like I've been more critical of the Mandalorian than anybody else. You'll probably I've love this it. shit, Jammer. Just watch Maybe it I will so you can like make, it, make my oh, life I'm miserable. Curious. And episode two was great. I heard episode two was dark. It, it is, better. but it was great. So no, no, issues, visually, but it was visually dark. Yes. Oh, yeah, yes, absolutely. Yes. Like too dark. Like Game of Thrones dark. Everything's too dark now. They almost shoot no nighttime I know, right. I hate Anyway, it. we are getting they way off that. We're getting way off topic here. I We're getting so off topic. Show. I'm gonna skip. I'm gonna skip the Marvel part of this, Kyle, and jump straight into <laughs> Warner Brothers. WBWs, specifically, uh, Warner Brothers wins or woes, depending woes. on your perspective. We heard comments uh, a bit ago where they're gonna treat Lord of the Rings kind of like Star Wars or franchises and all that, which is uh, is horrific I saw a tweet about the two was like what do you call the six move the first six movies or at least especially the hobbit you do a trilogy and then you did a prequel trilogy like what's the you've yeah, already no, done lord of the rings to lord of star rings. wars yeah it could be frodo in the space undying lands. Oh. no in the undying lands he's just running around i don't know if the undying lands... mushrooms pippin have we seen the undying lands in the book does anybody read those books enough i, I have no that idea is. but anyways that's, that's uh, a cam question <laughs> Yeah. That is certainly a cam question. Anyway, so obviously there are some big franchises that are happening here uh, between Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter and, of course, DC. Um, so just a little touch base on that. This quote comes from WB Discovery CFO Gunnar Weidenfels or Weidenfels. Apologies, Wiedenfels. I don't know how to pronounce that. I don't know how to Probably Wiedenfels. I have no idea. 
Uh, DC is an enormous opportunity and two important building blocks in place now with the leadership team, Peter Safran and James Gunn. And James has been breathing the comments for as long as he's been alive, essentially, uh, essentially like a vampire, a great creative leader here. And the second building block that is in place is the one company approach. This is where we're segueing into everything, because I think you can only manage a franchise if everything is coordinated and the team is working together extremely well. There's an enormous level of collaboration and joint decision-making around what should work in hand across the franchise now this is funny to me because i felt like this is something that we should have learned back in 2012 once the avengers culminated and yet it took another 11 years for or i guess 10 years for this to happen before dc decided to finally move things over but it looks like they're at least continuing their thinking into their other franchises he continues to say Take Harry Potter as an example, the wizarding world. The fact that we are enjoying this massive success with Hogwarts Legacy 12 years after the last film came out shows that there was so much opportunity and we're only just starting to expand that. We've got the new Harry Potter tour coming up in Tokyo in the middle of the year. Long story short, I think this one company approach, great leadership in individual business unit, but coordinated franchise management is probably one of the biggest opportunities the company has so we're getting feige's for everything we're getting feige's for everything which sounds it sounds reductive it sounds like a bad thing but i don't know if it is necessarily a bad thing like obviously i'm also of the opinion it doesn't need to be a one-size-fits-all approach but i also think that it's not necessarily a bad thing when you have someone overlording a franchise and keeping things on track. I don't know, Nick, as someone who I know revisited Harry Potter recently, how would you feel about them moving forward with someone else as sort of the main person, the main Kevin Feige? I mean, on one hand, it can reduce a lot of inconsistencies. I know the Harry Potter movies have had inconsistencies that bother me. For example, how drastically Hogwarts changed between movies two to three three to four, four to five. Mm-hmm. And then also you have full characters who completely change how they look like Professor Flitwick. Um, however, on the minus side, you won't be getting directors being able to express their creativity as effectively as you'd had like an Alfonso Cuaron do his third Harry Potter or, you know, how David Yates kind of just transformed what the franchise was in five on. So what do you think about this one company approach that they're hinting at? Honestly, I think it's something. Well, these are uh, (laughs) something companies should have been doing longer, like film. But then again, like these long, like universe franchise things are. I mean, the franchise has been around forever, but universes are still kind of a new thing that very few studios have done successfully. Film like universes, been, at least. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Um, so I almost doubt, I, like, for example, for Lord of the Rings, I'm sure they want Peter Jackson to be their Kevin Feige. You know, just to be, not if he's not doing everyone, obviously, but he's like, oh, well, I proved this story and it'll be fun to do this story. The one I don't see that as a bad that, thing. The one downside with that is you have the TV rights that's with Amazon. So you have combating universes. It's that's the same a universe, different topic. but it's a different medium. <laughs> So it's, that's, that's a whole different talk. But I do find it really interesting that this is happening because of the game, especially since Eddie Redmayne, is that his name? Mm-hmm. He's been saying for a while that he doesn't think there will be any more Fantastic Beasts, even though it was planned as a five movie franchise. 
Uh, yeah, like, I agree. I don't think there will I think, be. I think the hint is that they're going to do something else with the Harry Potter I think, franchise. and that's the pro- other problem I have with it. I think that was as far out of the park as they were going to try to knock it, even though it still had Dumbledore and each movie added more Hogwarts scenes. I think we're going to be super Hogwarts focused to a point yes. where there isn't much story to tell in Harry and Potter. I think there, I disagree. I think there's a lot of stories you could tell in Hogwarts. And here's what a lot of people have said sometimes are like, oh, what people love is Harry Potter. No. I think it's Hogwarts. It's not Harry Potter. It's not Harry Potter. It's Hogwarts. It's it's that ability to immerse yourself in this What world. house are you? That's what house the thing. I? What house are you? I like, think I'm, it's I'm all probably, about the I'm school. Probably, no, oh, not, that's what you're saying. You're yeah, asking He's me. not you're asking you. you. <laughs> See, but you you immediately wanted to answer. And I think yeah. I, because yeah. that's what it's all, all about is it's, a, it's about the uh, wizarding world. Harry, a big, big part of it. But as long as you're sticking, tra- I mean, look at the game. Look, school age kids. And it's set decades before the the uh, uh, story of even Dumbledore. It's like 1800s or something like that, or early. Yeah, uh, yeah I like think 18, it's like 18, 18, 18, the 1890s or something. Something, like, something like, that. like that. You know, but it's 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 decades prior, and and uh, I can't wait to play uh, this game when it comes. I know, to me that's what it's about. It pushed it back. Anyway, no, they pushed it back. Too. What? Where's it coming out? Just by a few weeks. Fun! That's what I said. <laughs> I was already mad enough. You know what it was? I was literally counting down the days back in February and I was getting ready and I was like, oh, I'm so Thinking excited. it was the same release date. Yeah. And I was like, let me go ahead and pre-order it. And I was like, where is it? Where? where why is it saying? Why is it saying April? Why is it saying April? I don't. Oh, no. And I looked it up and I was like, dang it. And I know they pushed it back. Oh, that's infuriating. It's only been like, it was only a few weeks. But yeah, it's a, I don't you care. Have to, you have to start your countdown and you have to restart your little countdown widget. Reset the on clock. Your website. Yeah. <laughs> Jonesy would have loved that. Um, But yeah, like, I, I think this makes sense, though, as far as going back to the main topic of, of doing this. It sounds derivative. That's the word I was looking for. It sounds derivative. And maybe it is. But Franchise management, as we dig deeper into it, I think is important. I think fans have especially expressed how much they just need consistency. Harry Potter fans are just as picky as Star Wars fans, and I think more and more you realize yeah, you need to you need to appeal to those people in order to be successful. And I think having one person at the top, keeping track of the canon, keeping track of everything, is really important. Um, yeah, so. Regarding Lord of the Rings, there's one more quote there. It's not as in-depth, but it says, David made a promise, quote-unquote, early on to revive... David Zaslav, by the way, that's the the head of mm. Warner Brothers Discovery. Zaslav. Very early on to revitalize some of the iconic temple IP, and we're making progress. It's exciting to see how people are coming in and out and how the creative community is embracing this opportunity to work with us. That's going to bear fruit over time. So Warner Brothers, they, they're, they're all in on franchises, in case it wasn't clear, they've always been all in, but they're going to be all inner. It's so, kind of like the opposite of what Disney is doing right now. Same. No, week, I disagree. Well, Disney's like, we'll do less content so we don't shove it down your throats. And then, but what's going right to be now? Warner Brothers is like, content. pitch us every every Lord of the Rings and every Harry Potter story you can come up with, and we'll release like one a year. <laughs> Maybe we don't know. We don't know how often it's going to be though. Like they, they just seem to have said. different messages at their exact at their. I think they're the same message. I think they're the same message. The same message is we're going to focus on franchise, probably produce fewer things that appeal more to a wider fan base. And then when it comes to like, maybe they're pitching a bunch of people, like people coming in with a lot of creative ideas, because there's a lot of room to have that creativity within uh, 
Tolkien and Harry Potter as well. So it's like, it makes sense to me. And you probably have that same sort of feel with Star Wars or Marvel as well. Like you can kind of go in, there's a lot of breathing room in those franchises. Um, Any last thoughts regarding Warner Brothers or Disney and their overall approach to filmmaking? Like I said, it kind of, I don't say it scares me because I think you have a lot of creative stuff that's happening on streaming. You know, I, I think I realized more and more just how much I miss certain types of movies recently. When we saw, I saw the trailer for, what the hell was it? Um, no Hard Feelings with Jennifer Lawrence. And I'm like, I miss raunchy comedies. Like, I miss those. And this looks like it'll be fun. And I, I remember back in the day where raunchy comedies were the big draws to the movie theaters in the 2000s not anymore and i'm like yeah it would be nice to have more of those types of movies it seems more and more we're really leaning into these franchise things that's disappointing yes we're getting those movies but being able to see them on theaters and have them get many exposure i think is is sad i don't know nick where do you fall on that spectrum i agree but i was just gonna say as my final comment on all this if disney and warner brothers want to learn a thing or two about franchises Go watch Scream 6 and listen to the movie Obsessive Characters <laughs> franchise speech. I just wanted to tie it all together before we outied. All right. Well, that brings us to the but end. But one last thing. Okay. The Picard Same Report. Yep. Still awesome. And that's okay. the Picard Report. <laughs> Good job, Picard Report. Let's go ahead and close out this episode of Breaking Geek Radio, the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. But we're not the only podcast here on the Genreverse Podcast Networks. We have Daily Cup of Genre, Animeversal Reviews, AVR Squared, uh, The Cantina, and Marvel Multiverse Mayhem. And uh, I think that's everything that we have. Genre here. Shot Trailer that's- Reactions on the YouTube channel. Genre Shot Trailer Reactions is the other one that I miss. I always have to miss one. <laughs> and uh, yeah, they're all here. And we're at how many subscribers are we at currently? We're 2723 at... thank you so we're we're closing in on 2.8k so if you're not subscribed to the genreverse channel and maybe you're listening to the podcast app and you're like oh i didn't realize you had a youtube channel go to the youtube channel give it a subscription you see a lot of great stuff there and you get to see our beautiful faces us interacting with each other look i'm gonna poke nick ow fuck see you wouldn't be able to see that on the podcast so that's content um <laughs> nick where can people find you Doll on Twitter and Instagram. Kyle, thank you so much for, for helping out on the producerial front. Where can people find you? Uh, at that Kyle Malone on, on Twitter and uh, uh, doing anime stuff here on the Genreverse. And you could find me at AJ Cerner Writer on Twitter and on TikTok. And yeah, that's it. Thank you so much for listening and watching and we will see you all next week when we cover shazam fury of the gods that's next week right fury of the kings yeah fury of the why do you keep saying that that's the dubai release title remember he sh- danny shared it with us because i can't yeah, put gods in the hold title. on Bef- right, have you cut off kyle yet have you finished okay no. i have to share something with everyone here's the thing <laughs> you know earlier this week when you wrote something and i was like i legitimately don't understand what you're saying and I felt like I was taking crazy <laughs> pills because no one else was acknowledging that what you said made absolutely no sense. Yeah, we're we're chatting with that in. I've got I've got brain damage, so I just thought it was me. <laughs> no, that definitely wasn't just you. Oh yeah, so here's what it was. Here's what it was. Next week we can no half two though I don't wanna see Fury of the Kings. LOL. 
It was. That was like his thing earlier in this show where I was like, am I having a stroke? I felt like <laughs> it, dude, I read it so many times. And the, it didn't help that I didn't remember what Fury of the Kings was. I'm like, I've never heard of Fury of the Kings. Like, what the hell is this? J so, Danny shared that on Instagram. I mean, on a... That Fury, just like it was not Cocaine Bear, it was like Bad Bear or some crazy bear that uh, he shows the poster for their Fury of the Gods and it says Fury of the Kings. But yeah, here's what it's supposed Dubai to sound censorship. like. Next week we can, and my commas are in the wrong place. Next yeah, week I we know. can know have to, though I don't want to see it, do Fury of the Kings. You added words and you changed commas. Yeah, that's that's why school is important, kids. Though you have no excuse. You have not only gone through high school, you got a degree in screenwriting. Nick? Ah, typing on a ah. phone is different than real writing. That's fair. Um, all right. Well, that's it. I just wanted everyone to get a little peek on the back end there. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs> Hasta lasagna. Don't get any Don't. on ya. Mission accomplished. Accomplished. Accomplished.